walls form a truly significant part of our lives. They surround us, they protect us, and in many cases, they have hidden meaning beyond what meets the eye. Look around you. There's a good chance you're looking at one right now. In this edition of the podcast, we decided to explore the significance of walls, both real and imagined, in the Czech Republic. Whether it's the growing divide between locals and tourists at the Lenin Wall, or the ethnic divide created by the infamous Matichny Street Wall in the northern city of Usti, walls can signify far more than just a physical structure offering safety and protection. From walls that are highly frequented by tourists to those that are virtually forgotten, stay tuned to hear how walls convey meaning and impact life in the Czech Republic. I'm Leanne McPherson. And I'm Nika Kuznetsova. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Twenty years ago, this country was home to one of the most controversial walls in the world, when a city in northern Bohemia erected a wall that separated white Czech citizens from their Roma neighbors after complaints of excessive noise and disorder. The notorious Matichny Street wall in the city of Usti nad Labem was eventually torn down after protests, but the social divide between Usti's white citizens and their Roma neighbors still persists. We were given a guided tour of the city by former deputy mayor and businessman Martin Mata, who is himself a member of the local Roma community. Welcome to Předlice. <laughs> yeah, they like it, the car, yeah, I know. So <laughs> what happened? So why did everyone leave? Why is it so... Um, so damaged? Yeah. They don't have money to yeah. repair it. If you don't have a job, you are not taking care of our house. Because right. we don't have money. You don't have money. But a couple of them, yes, look at this one, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at this one. It's not so good, but it's not so, not so bad. And this they are calling as an exclusion area. Why? Because the concentration of the people. They are all Roma. They are black. In Usti is 10,000. And concentration about the 10,000, it's quite big compared to other other regions. Yeah. So are the attitudes towards the Roma community in Usti worse? Are people more prejudiced, more racist? In Usti, yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. But it's coming from the from the you know the knowledge about these areas. Right. Yes, I just need to park uh, the car somewhere and don't uh, have the car destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, maybe I will go this way. So what part of Rusty did you live in when you were a child? I am living in the districts which is quite near to the castle. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I can just show that. Yeah. We can just have a walk around, huh? Yeah. You know, the people are scared. Yeah, the, 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 the majority is saying, okay, I don't want to go to this squad, they will kill me. Right. Well, yeah. why? They will kill you. Right. You know, it's not about the color, it's about the drugs people or, you know, aggressive people. And this is not connected with the color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will give you the example. 
I bought the, uh, bought the flat. And when I bought the flat, all the neighbors, they asked the guy which sold the house to me who I am. And why, now listen, why he sold the house to the Roma guy, they blamed, blamed him that the, the, all the house will be destroyed, they will have no quiet like before. Right. And he tried to explain to them that I'm different. And do you know why different? Because the guy was my director oh, really? in the company. I'm sorry, so they just put a little girl in the police car. Yeah, it happens. Uh, is the police presence pretty... Do they yes. patrol here a lot? Yes. Yeah. Why do you think... She was, she was, did you see that? I didn't see the girl. I she was them. like, I don't know, maybe nine, well, yeah, ten years old. I told you, you know, it's, if you leave the kids here... I don't know the reason. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I don't know the but, reason. But maybe... I don't know. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> So you were in school when the Usti wall went up, right? Yes. What was that like? I heard about that. I, I didn't... Uh-huh. It, it, was, it was just running around me. I didn't, let's say, wasn't. think about this thing because I was just a student. Yeah. So there was some, let's say, demonstration, I remember. And it was quite big demonstration, actually. Was it mostly the Roma community or other... Yeah, no, no, no. There was activists also, yeah. the white people. Oh, yeah. 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 It was some kind of rule because we've we've been in the situation that somebody just wanted to make the wall, you know. Yeah. You do you know, um, imagine what can happen if you make the one wall? You make another one, yeah. another one, another one. Yeah. 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 Did your family face a lot of discrimination when you were living there? When when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I remember the time of skinheads. Yeah. 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 I was I was attacked by them. Oh wow. Yeah. Really. I didn't do anything. I was in the bus. It was my birthday. I remember we just went to the city to buy the the cake. I was something like a 12 year old, maybe. Three. And I was with a group of white guys in the bus. And in front of the bus was something like three guys, quite tall, maybe 25 years old, something like that. And they just realized that I just uh, came into the bus in the sta- from the station with these guys. And he just ran from the front to the end when I was sitting. And of course they attacked me inside the bus. And you were with other white friends though? Yeah, yeah. But they they were also small kids, huh? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So what they can do? Nothing. I remember that. Martin Mata giving the podcast a guided tour of his city. And Martin later showed us what's become of the infamous Matichny Street Wall. It still exists and it's been given a new lease of life in Usti Zoo. One woman who knows more than most about the invisible walls segregating Czech society is Monika Mihalichkova, the last member of the Roma community to serve as an MP in this country. And if you can believe it, that was almost 20 years ago. Representation in government has been a long-term problem for the Roma, who have faced centuries of discrimination throughout Europe. We sat down with Monica in a Prague cafe to discuss her personal experiences as a minority MP and her perspectives on relations with majority white society. For example, I went shopping. 
I went to buy a food, you know, in Lidl. I don't know if you know Lidl. This is a big shopping center when you have everything and you have this shopping cart. Shopping cart. Yeah. And um, I went in to the shop with the shopping cart and it was almost empty. Almost nobody was there and there was plenty of space, you know, around me. And one old man went inside and he was crushing my shopping cart, you know. And I told him, uh, okay, something is happening here. And he said, no, no, no. And I said, okay, it seems that you uh, are pushing my uh, shopping cart quite intentionally, that you want to say something. And he said, I don't know, just need need a space and you black are, you know, here taking place of everybody. And he was doing that all the time since the, during my reign of shopping. And these kind of things uh, are happening all the time. How old were you when that happened? I don't know, this happened like two months ago or something. It, like, and for many times what happened to me, like I, I was not allowed to enter clubs, restaurants, you know, it's quite, quite usual, quite usual. What happens then when they like deny you entry? What do they say? Uh, you are not allowed to go inside because you are a gypsy. Really? Just flat mm -hmm. out? Just like that. And then I saw it to them with this club in Brno. And I remember what the what the bodyguard said in front of the door of that club, and he said, you know, the owner, she does not want gypsies to go inside the club. That's okay, you know. I was there with friends, and many people were standing there. Everybody saw it. Everybody were listening, and then I saw it against this club, um, and then the the court said that I made it up all the story. And just because of that, because the, the bodyguard was not employed by the club, so they said it could be anybody on the street who told you that, you know. So there are examples like that. Have you noticed a decrease or increase or about the same in this type of behavior over your lifetime? It's completely different in Prague. Mm. Prague is much better. Uh, because um, you have many foreigners here, so I suppose that you meet many friends from different countries and uh, people get used to diversity and uh, people from other countries and different nationalities. But when you travel, for example, to Ostrava or to Brno, it's quite common still in these days that you are not allowed to go to some clubs or restaurants and in, and even go even though you go into a restaurant the way to come and say um, or even they do not come to serve you nothing so you have to go away so it's happening and it's different to live in Prague and that's why also I moved from Brno to Prague so the wall was up for six weeks right but and it was built and torn down while you were in office, uh -huh. right? So how did that feel? Okay, they were trying to build a wall, but now we don't. Maybe we don't have a wall, but we have uh, socially excluded areas in many parts in our country. So what is worse? And Monica's experiences are just one example of the discrimination and inequality Roma people in the Czech Republic experience to this day.
There may be no longer a physical barrier separating white Czechs from their Roma counterparts, but the invisible or imaginary walls are plainly still there. Papo, don't you fence me in. One of the first things that visitors notice when they come to Prague is the large amounts of graffiti on the walls, even on historic buildings. So what do locals and visitors think about it? We went out on the streets to find out. We don't mind it. <laughs> do you think it belongs in a public space? Yes, in certain zones, yes, it can be, yes. Yes, not everywhere, I think. But uh, I think here it's fine, we are used to yeah. it. It's allowed here. Right. Yes, it's permitted, so we don't mind it. We don't like uh, wild graffiti on every yeah. wall. <laughs> I think this is not very nice, but this is something like kind of art. It's acceptable, I think. We are not a tank, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I prefer pictures and faces, uh, artists, but not uh, letters. But I don't mind if no. it's allowed. Okay. It's good, I think, to have such places yeah. also. But I don't like on the buildings and uh, buses, trams like that. Yes. It's not allowed, of course, mm -hmm. as well, but here. You don't mind it? No, I think some graffitis mm -hmm. can be a kind of art, mm -hmm. but um, this specific graffiti I don't like. Mm. I, in my opinion, I don't like. Yeah. Do you this think kind. there's too much graffiti over all over Prague? Mm, uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe yes. Where are you guys from? Are you from Prague? Uh, from Spain. Oh, Spain. You're from Spain. Yes. Do you see a difference between graffiti in Spain and graffiti here? Uh, we see uh, graffiti in, in Spain, in Seville, mm -hmm. in our city, but um, there are more, uh, less graffiti there. Gotcha. Some of them are just in one part of the city. Okay. Yeah. Next to the river, not in, in the in the um, buildings. Mm, cool. Over the center of the city, that, that's not in Spain. Some views from the streets of Prague on what some see as art and what others see as vandalism. Nestled on the Petrin Hill is what has become to be known as the Hunger Wall. At first glance, it appears to simply be the remnants of a darker and more dangerous time when cities needed to be fortified against invaders. However, after a guided tour with Josef Zaruba, an academic who specializes in religious and medieval architecture, we learned how the Hunger Wall served not only as protection, but also a symbol of power, as well as a unique social project ordered by the Holy Roman Emperor Charles IV. Most of the walls, or many of the state walls, are remains of great rulers. And uh, Prague was fortified since early Middle Ages, as there were walls on the border of Bohemian Kingdom, or earlier Principality. The oldest walls we can record were Limes, the walls of the Roman Empire, that were protecting the Romans against the wild Bohemian tribes who shouldn't attack the empire. So they have made 
something like Mexican walls at the north of Europe to protect themselves from uncivilized people. At that time, the local population stayed outside of the walls, but as in higher Middle Ages, the kingdom got relatively rich. They needed to build walls to protect themselves. So the walls functioned the other way around. All walls were, let's say, first of all, it was a protection reason to build them. The second of all was to show that Prague is big. So if some army would come, they would see a huge circle of, of walls and they maybe wouldn't see that behind that the area is not really as an usual medieval city really you know s stuck with houses so it they're was, a sign of power in a way it was a sign of power yes but it had also a real a real you know protection reason because from that side they could attack Prague castle so they started to build the uh, and at this time, huge areas of Prague, there was a huge construction going on. Charles Bridge, all the churches, Charles University, castle, all the stone buildings that you see in the city were built in the second half of 14th century. So there were, there were huge numbers of people who wanted to make money on building. And of course, those were not rich people. They needed a regular source of income. And when the hunger came in 1361, the walls were still not finished. And the Charles IV used these walls as a social project. He has put lots of poor people to work there and they would get food from the royal sources. So it's true partly that this wall was to support the poor people and since then it is called Hunger Wall. So the, the, the wall was kind of used for a, three purposes. It was protection, it was power and it was also this kind of social project to, yes. to feed and support the civilians in Prague. Yes, all these reasons for the constructions are true and they are probably historical. Later on, uh, you know, the chronicles were telling mostly that it was only to feed the poor, but the wall was constructed already earlier, before the famine started, so probably it wasn't a social project, but then later it was really used as such by the king. Josef Zaruba. So while it may be one of the most traditional examples of a wall in Prague, the Hunger Wall is a perfect example of how what appears to be a simple structure built for logistical purposes can also have deep societal implications. A one, two, a one, two, three, four! Since the murder of John Lennon in 1980, what has become known as the Lennon Wall in Prague's Malestrana has become a major focal point and tourist attraction in the city.
The wall was first covered by graffiti and lyrics in memory of Lenin, but was quickly covered in slogans against the communist regime and was even monitored by the secret police. But in recent years, it's become the focus of contemporary political protests. When the Umbrella Movement in Hong Kong occurred in 2014, some graffiti appeared on this wall to support the appeal from the people. Then, in the recent anti-extradition law protest against the Hong Kong government in June 2019, slogans like Free Hong Kong were painted on the Lenin Wall and even painted over it by pro-Beijing activists. Now, the wall has been covered by a large blue tarp ahead of a major renovation effort. And in the future, it will no longer be possible for people to scrawl on it at will. We went down there to gauge the mood of locals and tourists. Where are you from? Italy. Italy? Yeah, Italy. So why do you come to this place? Well, no, we came to Prague because of the art mostly. And then I didn't know about the wall before coming here in the city. Then I heard lots of, you know, tourist guides talking about it and the beauty of the graffiti that was on it. And we didn't know it was close today, so that's a bit of disappointment. But yeah, uh, all we know is that the, gra the graffiti were here as a kind of peace demonstration. So yeah, that's why we came, just out of curiosity. Uh, I don't know exactly what they want to, to do now with this uh, recover, but uh, we see later. I don't know, I don't know exactly what they want to, to do for the reconstruction, so mm. perhaps to, to clean the, the wall. Uh, no, actually, I didn't know about it until he mentioned it, so I didn't know it existed. Quite, we were quite um, kind of shocked, shocked yeah. because it's all closed. Yeah. I mean, it's not that big. Well, I thought it would be bigger, but it's all in a construction, so I'm a little bit disappointed. This wall is gone. Yeah, people are not going to be allowed to draw there anything anymore because bad times are back. <laughs> Hopefully not. Walls can be made to keep people apart, while others create a sense of community. Which walls surround you in your daily life? That's it for this edition. This podcast was brought to you by Alina Patrick, Winnie Wang, Ricky Witt, Jacob Lowry, and Jianan Shi. And our editor is Rob Cameron. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching for Progcast. I'm Leanne McPherson. And I'm Nika Kuznetsova. Tune in again next time. <laughs> <laughs>